everyone. This is Jeffrey Kerr. After performing to a sold-out crowd in New York City, an all-female cast of Tim Rice and Andrew Lloyd Webber's 1970 rock opera *Jesus Christ Superstar* received huge amounts of requests to record an album. First releasing *She Is Risen* Volume One to ecstatic reviews, and now *She Is Risen* Volume Two has just been released. Today, I'm here with two of the producers of the album. First, we have Morgan James, who came up with the initial idea for this project's performance, assembled the cast, and plays the role of Jesus. Hello, Morgan. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing good. And you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. And second, we have Meg Tui, who puts together the all-female band orchestra and album engineers mixers for this project recording. She has also played guitars, bass, and miss other things on the record. Hello, Meg. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing good. And you? All right. Happy to be here. So to start things off. How have the two of you been doing during this time of quarantine due to the coronavirus? Well, I'm very grateful that I have my health and that everyone in my family has remained healthy. And I'm also luckier than most people because I'm quarantined with my husband, and he is my guitar player. And so we've been able to continue to make music throughout this time. And I know so many artists are not able to do that or not inspired to do that. So I feel like. Every spark of creativity that I get, I should act upon it. So, I've been pretty good outside of the general, you know, panic, anxiety, boredom, you know, fear factor of this year, and I've come out of it pretty unscathed and very, very lucky. Yeah, same. I mean, I, I feel grateful for my health as well. I, I had a little bout of it at the very beginning, which was pretty intense. It took about two months to recover from it, but all in all, I didn't have it that bad, and I have since been just. Kind of、uh, enjoying being、uh, in my home studio because I'm lucky enough to have a lot of equipment to be able to record and keep working. But I definitely miss, you know, playing live and being able to see my friends in the Broadway community. It's been sad to not be able to go into the city and see shows and be parts of workshops and new shows and things. So. We're all hoping that、uh, that Broadway is going to come back very soon. Oh、well, well, yeah, Broadway may be shut down for the time being, but luckily, both of you got this project out in the world right now. Yeah, it's been a long time coming. We we've been working on it for for quite a while, and it's so great when we actually can put it out and and people are responding to it, and it's exciting that we have. This project to keep releasing little tidbits and keeping people excited about it. This project is the little engine that could, you know, and we are all independent people, kind of using our own skills and money and networks of people. It's not a big company behind us. It's not a big. We don't have millions of dollars. And the fact that we've been able to make what we have with "She Has Risen," I'm so proud of it. I don't think I'm prouder of anything else I've ever done in my life. I'm so happy that people respond to it, and it brings back a sense of nostalgia while still being new. And I think that's one of the most special things about the project. Well, yeah. And before we get more into this project, let's talk a bit about the original rock opera. It has now been around for about fifty years. How did the two of you first discover Jesus Christ Superstar? Morgan, we'll start with you. Yeah, this month is the 50th anniversary. Actually, my parents had the original concept album on vinyl, and I remember wearing that out and watching the movie and listening to every single version of the soundtrack that ever came out. 
And I just was obsessed with it. I mean, I was a total musical theater nerd growing up and loved Jesus Christ Superstar. You know, I just think it's a timeless score. It's idiosyncratic. It's weird, but it's beautiful and it's totally flawless for what it is. And I think they just kind of stumbled upon such a classic score when they wrote that score. And they were so young when they wrote it, you know? There are so many shows that feature many, many incredible male roles. And so part of my dream in this is not to take anything away from men or the male roles they've always played, but to amplify women's voices by just seeing what they can do when you put them right in to the flesh and bones of a male role. And we didn't change any keys. We didn't change anything about it. All we did was put these electric women's voices inside of the score. Yeah, I, I had the same experience, actually. My parents' record player was where I first heard Jesus Christ Superstar. And I remember vividly like dancing around the room and getting so into it. My brother and I loved it because our background is more pop and rock music. I grew up loving like bands like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles and Pink Floyd. And that was like my gateway to musical theater. There was a show that really spoke to me as somebody that had a background in playing in rock bands and playing with distorted guitars and cool bass lines and having these like rock and roll vocals soar over the top of it all was so exciting to me. And then it ended up, you know, getting me interested more in other scores in musical theater, kind of going through high school and college, doing a lot of musical theater myself. And then full circle moment, getting hired to play for Waitress on Broadway and then coming into this community, meeting Morgan and her having this brilliant you know, vision to put together this all-female cast, we ended up having such an amazing experience doing it as a live show. It just so happened that we we're watching Stephen Colbert one night, my partner and I, and he was making a reference to like how crazy things are in the world. And he said, what next? There's going to be an all-female Jesus Christ superstar? And I you know, called Morgan immediately and was like, did you know that this happened? This is like, <laughs> there's actually Colbert is like asking for this you know so that actually picked off the thought of well if we're gonna try and you know get this out into the media we need to release recording so we went on like the fastest mission to get out this crazy idea that we had and we made it happen somehow and I think it turned out so incredible and I feel very proud of the fact that when Morgan and I uh, first started talking about this we were both very keen on keeping it authentic sounding to the original concept album which was the album that we initially fell in love with and the sounds that we fell in love with so I feel really proud of what we were able to accomplish with that in the in the time period that we accomplished it in is just like unfathomable it's just it's wild that we we could make it happen and it's been done for a while but we kept running into all these snafus that were way out of our hands that's been the only part of this process that hasn't been like wow this is amazing what we've done it's been frustrating to not be able to get it out as a whole or you know in the time frame that we necessarily wanted to do it but at the same time it's more relevant than ever now after just losing a massive female equality icon in Ruth Bader Ginsburg and you know just everything in the Me Too movement and there's so much space for something like this to bring attention and bring joy and bring a great message, you know, of female liberation, female empowerment and equality. So we're very proud of that, you know, and, and this time that we're able to showcase these amazing performances. 
Well, yeah, there have been so many different incarnations of JCS over the years. It has been recorded as an album, performed in concerts, staged mm-hmm. theatrically, adapted into a feature film, and presented as a live television special. Sure. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. Why not do it again? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> So, Morgan, you've managed to assemble quite a cast that includes people like Shoshana Bean, Cynthia Erivo, Orfe, Debbie Gravitt, Eden Espinosa, and Tian Harada. Would you mind telling us how you were able to cast each of the principal characters? Well, it was along with my collaborator, Richard Emilius, who's my best friend and often collaborates with me on my projects, you know, and my friend Toria Beard, the three of us really set about to do the initial concert and cast the concert. And we spent hours and hours and hours thinking, how can we make this the most inclusive cast that we've ever seen? And not just people's race and backgrounds, but their age and their type. And how can we put people in roles that they would never normally be seen in? Because that's what we're all complaining about. That's what, you know, women are complaining about and people of color are complaining about. It's not like put another token in for us, but give us something meaty and amazing to work on. So we kind of poured over casting for hours and hours and hours. And I just started asking favors. I just started reaching out to friends. And if I didn't know someone, I would reach out to someone who knew them. And basically everybody said yes, even to weird things, you know? And when it came time to do the album, a couple people weren't available from the concert and a couple people, you know, we went in a slightly, you know, different direction, but our main goal stayed the same. And it stayed the same when it came to the orchestra as well. Inclusion, diversity, open minds, casting a wide net to represent as many women as we could. And basically I just started asking favors and everybody said yes. (laughs) That's the thing that blows me away is that that should tell you something about this project that everyone said yes. Yeah. (laughs) In this crazy time frame with these insane Broadway schedules, we managed to get all these powerhouse women to come together and say yes to working together. And that's why this is so special. Yeah, absolutely. And Meg, what was it like for you getting to assemble the all-female band and orchestra? It was the same sort of process that Morgan and Richard and my partner, Don, who is one of the executive producers on the project, you know, we were sending back and forth emails like, what about this woman for this role? And we, we tried to keep, you know, the orchestra and the band diverse as well, women of different backgrounds and colors and experiences and we're really striving for that to have equal representation in this project was very important to all of us you know because of this incredible broadway community that we all work in there's just a massive pool of talent and there were some people that were available and some people that weren't we were scheduling and rescheduling and we ended up recording the main part of the band basically in 23 songs and two 12-hour sessions. So that basically meant that we had one or two takes of every track. And luckily, you know, we worked with Allie Miller on drums, who's one of the greatest drummers in New York, let alone the world. She really just like was the glue in the band that railed through and got these takes that were just like, wow, okay, we got it. She was absolutely incredible. And then Julie McBride conducted the orchestra and she played piano on the project. And a lot of the orchestra people that we used were because she's a musical director on Broadway and people that she had introduced us to. And, you know, we got these women to work for cheap. (laughs) We got these women to show up early and stay late and, We literally had one session for the entire orchestra. 
to do what Richard kind of went through the score and with Morgan found, you know, places that they absolutely wanted to have represented with this full orchestra because we had such a limited time. So we discussed what the most important parts were to be hearing. And, you know, everybody just really put their nose to the grindstone and and we got it done. It was stressful, but it was really fun. Bringing back memories, Meg. Yeah, totally. And as I mentioned earlier, this project received so many requests to record an album following a sold-out performance in New York. What was the process like to get one made? Well, it (laughs) continues to be an ongoing, very, very difficult process because we did a pledge campaign. We raised a lot of money very quickly, much of it that we used, but, you know, pledge or any of the crowdfunding, you know, doesn't release the money until the project's completed. Well, in the time that we were working on the project, pledge went bankrupt and basically took everyone's money. And that's the short version. Making a record of this magnitude with this many players and this many moving parts is incredibly expensive and time consuming. And so that put a huge wrench in what we were doing. We also had to kind of sidestep the timeline of Andrew Lloyd Webber and the live version they were doing and the tour they were doing. They asked us to kind of delay certain things for that. So it's been incredibly arduous. I've learned a lot. I'm sure Meg has too. The actual music making was, by comparison, very easy and very effortless and very fun. It's usually the other things around it, the money and the details and the logistics that get in the way of any project. You know, everyone did incredible work. The mix is unbelievable. I get so many compliments on the mix and on the sound of it and the way that the original sound of that concept record is so preserved and so honored. It's difficult releasing anything as an independent artist. Without a big company behind you, it's very difficult to hold people's attention and make them, you know, look at it and listen. And, you know, we don't have millions of marketing dollars, but I still am very, very committed to one set of ears at a time. That's what I do with my own music. And that's what I want to do with this is that it's a grassroots operation. Have either of you gotten feedback from Andrew Lloyd Webber or Tim Rice about this project? I have not. We got incredible feedback after the concert. And I know that, you know, through a few sources that are close to Andrew Lloyd Webber, that he thinks it's an incredible idea. And he thinks that it's an incredible group of people. And his whole kind of team of people love the concert. I know that. But, you know, again, in terms of his scale of projects, it's on the smaller side and it's independently being produced. It's not being produced through the Andrew Lloyd Webber camp. But I know that they all think it's an amazing idea, which not to toot our own horns, but I think it is. And I I think that I hope that if and when they do hear it, they'll realize that we wanted to treat their original vision, especially sonically, with so much respect because we love the work so much. And everybody involved was obsessed with Jesus Christ Superstar at some point. And, you know, it's, it's a recording that, you know, I feel is timeless. And I think that the recording that, we made honors that tradition of piece of music that you want to listen to over and over again. And our version is just another way of listening to that and way of discovering it and exploring it as like one of the greatest musical works of all time. Doing gender bending interpretations of older works has been going on for a while. There's a female led version of Neil Simon's The Odd Couple. There's the recent gender flipped version of Stephen Sondheim and George Firth's Company. And Diane Paulus is set to direct an all female production of the musical 1776 sometime next year. Are there other classic work 
topics any of you would be interested in seeing a gender bended version of? You know, I think that some of that excitement and popularity did come after we did ours, perhaps not because of ours, but after the Women's March, we did our concert two weeks before the Women's March. And there was this enthusiasm and resurgence of kind of female power kind of atmosphere in the theater community, which I hope never stops. I think that, you know, obviously the company, everything was switched. It wasn't completely female led, but they've switched all the roles. I mean, I guess I would like to see Sweeney Todd, perhaps not all female, but switch the roles. I want to see that with Otter McDonald. And I know that's one of her dream roles. I hope this inspires more people to just write more things with female characters. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is not to just keep doing revivals and keep doing, you know, old things. The goal is that people will start making new things with more women in them. Yeah, same. I'm up for different interpretations always of gender roles as a person that truly believes in a no-gender society. I'd always be game to a new interpretation of an old story with different role reversals and different representation, for sure. And the second volume of She Is Risen has just been released. Are there any plans for a third volume? We're constantly working on getting everything finished. I mean, my goal would be, you know, to release this score in its entirety. That's my next goal. So I think that these kind of like the first two volumes are kind of the hits and the selections of. And I would really love to release the whole score because if you're fanatic about the score as I am and as so many you know people are, hearing it in its entirety was the goal all along. A lot of things still need to be finished. You know, half the score needs to be mixed, mastered, and all that. And when we get the money and the, and the time set aside to do that, you know, we're working on it all the time. Yeah, if anybody else wants to send us any money, we would love it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll take it. We'll take, we'll take it. it. Exactly. <laughs> now, before we go, do either of you have any other upcoming projects that you'd like to share with us? Well, I have a new band. We're recording a new album of 12 original songs. We're actually upstate right now recording. And um, the band's called The Tawdries. And it's myself, Doug Womble, Chris Barron of The Spin Doctors, and Lindsay Nicole Chambers. And the four of us kind of have an Eagles CSNY thing kind of going on up here. And it's been one of the kind of creative things during the quarantine that's been very inspiring. So I'm just kind of plowing ahead and continuing to make music. Yeah, Morgan, I can't wait to hear that. That sounds like yes. right up my alley. It, it totally um, is up your alley. Yeah, I actually just recorded a song that I wrote for Nick Cordero, and I recorded it with the original waitress band and Sarah Bareilles ended up singing on it. So that's going to be released at the end of October. So you can keep a lookout for that. But I have my own band as well and my own music. It's just under Beg Tui. I'm on all the Spotify's and the Apple's and yada, yada, yada's. If you want to check it out, that's what I do besides playing on Broadway when it's happening. When Broadway is here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the shutdown is currently scheduled to expire on January 3rd, 2021, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I thank you both very much for devoting your time to this interview. It was great getting to have this conversation. Thank you so much for having us. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for listening, too. We appreciate it. Yeah, and for those who'd like to keep up with either of your careers, where can they find both of you on the Internet? You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, everywhere, Morgan James or Morgan A. James, my website, morganjamesonline.com, and find She Is Risen on Instagram, at She Is Risen. And it's streaming on all platforms. So She Is Risen Volume 1 and 2 streaming on all platforms.
Yeah, and you can find me at megtui.com. It's T-O-O-H-E-Y. And I'm also on all those various social media sites. And you can find me on Apple Music and Spotify at Meg Tui as well. And most likely, if you find Morgan, you can find me because we are forever connected through this project and our respect and love for one another and vice versa. So keep an eye out for the next things we're going to be doing. Absolutely. To those out there listening who haven't already, be sure to check out She Is Risen, both volumes one and two. And hey, keep an eye or ear out for any further installments. So thank you again for joining me today. This was great. Thank you, If you love this show, please leave us a review. Go to ratethispodcast.com slash podcast and follow the simple instructions. Feel free to subscribe to wherever you get this podcast. If you'd like to find more content from me, please visit my website, which is www.carereviews.net. You can also find it on Twitter at carereviews and me at Jeffrey Care. Thanks for listening, and I will see you all later.